Good morning, everyone. Guess what? It's your regular Knowledge Empowers podcast. And as always with you is me, Ket. Anyaseyo. And then we have Barush. Hello, hello, hello. And we have Kolach Beg. Hello, Kolach. Dobrana, dobrana, dobrana. Good morning, everyone. Hello. <laughs> he disappeared on the last episode, but he is back. And we Just were one. talking about you, Kolach. Yeah, we in were we way, were saying right. it's a, in a good it, way. Yeah, no. I know. I'm I'm fantastic, so it could have been. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we just said it's a mystery why you are away, and maybe you will share it t today, and maybe not podcast, or maybe not. Well, we can share the news. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess everybody in my surrounding knows, so it, it, it's uh, not not a mystery for close people anyway uh so i became a daddy so uh we daddy! have a newborn in our household right now <laughs> a little minion <laughs> yeah so we went this way on this endeavor uh together with lenka yeah we've got us a baby yeah congratulations Collage is a daddy <laughs> yeah we have a first parent on this podcast finally <laughs> And last? <laughs> Anywho. Anywho, so so we will start with the three facts as usual. Okay, so the first fact, uh, one of the facts which I've discovered recently, thanks to Lenka, is that when baby is in the belly and uh, mom is eating some foods, the baby can do grimaces based on the foods. So when there, there was the study, showing that when mom was eating kale, which is a bit of bitter, uh, the baby wasn't so happy. So the grimace was like, not, not really cool ones. But when mom was eating carrots, the baby was smiling. So they were doing <laughs> because this, Because yeah. carrots were dying? And no, and no <laughs> because carrots are sweet. Crying. No, because carrots are sweet. So, so it seems that uh, even when mom is already just eating the food, it already can impact the baby in some way or the baby feels it. So you can basically teach the baby what is good food. When it yeah, is in the I guess so. I guess so. Although it's not that it likes it anyway, you know, mm -hmm. like based on... Eat the, the veggie now. <laughs> no kale for me. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. The second fact I have ready is that we've caused global warming on the moon as well. Huh? I've, I've heard about that, yeah. Yeah, so we increased the temperature of the moon by two degrees Celsius. How? Because uh, our astronauts, when landing and running around, they've cleared some dust. And this dust actually uncleared some heavy, dark flooring. Uh, when something is black, it absorbs the sunlight much better. So that's how actually the atmos atmosphere, if we can call it atmosphere, the surrounding of the moon increased by two degrees Celsius because there are now tiles uh, of exposed rock, which is black, and it warms up. Oh, so we need to send the astronauts back and put the dust back. Yep. But <laughs> it's hard to put dust back, you know. Like Go and tidy Imagine it up. <laughs> Imagine Actually, the astronauts with brooms, like, yeah, sweeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe they could fly around on those. <laughs> yeah. Witches, you know, like, they would jump and they would fly. 
Yeah, and the third fact is connected to brain. And uh, this one is a bit complex. So we know that we have left and right hemisphere. And these two hemispheres uh, talk to each other through corpus callosum. It's a small part in the brain uh, where these lines are actually connected. It's like, hey, what's up, dude? I'm fine. What's over there? Yeah. <laughs> it's a communication center. Communication center. It, uh, but in more uh, in in such way that if like each hemisphere is dedicated to something. So mm -hmm. if you are talking and if you want to do something, there needs to be a discussion, you know, between these two hemispheres and it goes from through corpus uh, callosum, from through this part. And of course, the bigger this part, the better. So it means that if you have bigger this corpus callosum, you can multitask better, you know, like you can do with one hand something and while talking to somebody else. The interesting part about this fact is that this corpus callosum can get bigger. There was this uh, study that the kids who were raised in families where they were able to talk about the emotions and feelings and uh, all this stuff, they had bigger corpus callosum and therefore they were be better at multitasking uh, than other. Mm. But, wow. uh, so in this case, bigger means better. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, because because you can relay more information at the same time. Okay. Because I've heard, like, for example, brain that humans have brain bigger than I don't know. Uh, think of an animal, mm -hmm. and but also s there are studies that prove like doesn't matter if you have a bigger brain, it doesn't mean that it's automatically more powerful. Or yep. Yep. Exactly. So, it it means yeah. there is a lot uh, when it comes to nuances but yeah, in this case uh if this center is bigger so far based on the studies it seems that you are better at coordination you know between mm -hmm. text and motor functions uh, or talking this or, or being creative or something like that so so yep in this case the bigger the better mm -hmm. let your children talk about emotions and feelings in your families and they have a better chance to grow it and we will observe <laughs> Daddy Collage, <laughs> how well you guys will uh, uh, talk about emotions at your household, and then we will watch your little one. <laughs> we'll come with a measuring tape and measure <laughs> corpus. <laughs> Poor baby. Brain surgery. Uh, did it grow? Did it, is it bigger? Is it it Okie doke. Uh, hope you are wiser now, guys. <laughs> okay, today's topic is burnout. Oh no. Oh, oh no. We will not cover it in one episode uh, because this topic is a bit lengthy. Um, I will first start about the burn definition. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the difference between stress and a burnout. We will cover the burnout phases and then we will talk about prevention. Very important. Prevention, prevention, prevention. Those who are watching us on YouTube, my eyes will go up because that's where I have my notes. <laughs> but those who are listening, you guys are good. So let's first talk about what is a burnout. Guys, what do you do? You know what is burnout? Or what do you guys think is a burnout? Baruch, go ahead. 
is is it like yeah is it is it like emotional burnout like you once you were telling us a story about a lady that doesn't feel any emotions anymore because she was so emotionally exhausted and overexerted so that's what i imagine and maybe also in terms of you know your energy levels like you mm -hmm. don't you don't have enough energy to do stuff that you usually had mm -hmm. i would describe it as a already a clinical medical situation uh sort of a disease although it's not like you you can't catch it mm -hmm. but but you develop it throughout the time which impacts your mostly mental system mm -hmm. but then mental and or the psychological and physiological is interconnected so it will have effect on your health in physical terms as well correct you literally covered it i don't need to add anything <laughs> to it and the term burnout itself uh was coined by herbert freudenberger and uh he literally sort of created like a 12 phases that person goes through not necessarily like one by one but you can then have a collection and then you get burnout but it's, it's really like Colin said it's connected to your emotions and then you will have physical symptoms let me first say if you are burnout you would end up in a hospital um, to get out of the burnout really depends on personality and it can take between six months to two to three years to fully recover so it's not not that easy so you said you would end up in a hospital is that like is, is it does it mean if you don't end up in a hospital it's not a burnout i would say it's something like when you have depression and you feel depressed versus when you have clinical depression mm -hmm. like that you may feel depressed for a day you may feel burnt out because of your job for a month because you know like you overexerted yourself and you don't have energy uh and you've lost the will motivation etc 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 but it may not reach the stages or the depth of a clinical depression when you are not willing to get up out, out of the bed and you stop eating and stuff like that so you can feel burnt out and not being in that clinical burnout yet mm -hmm. so that's how i understood it like okay so you may feel the symptoms but you may not be there yet and exactly when we will be talking about the symptoms, about the phases, that will actually answer your question as mm -hmm. well. Because we will go into details of each phase, so people will better understand about the feelings and physical symptoms, etc. Let me ask you another question, guys. Do you know the difference between stress versus burnout? I and rather would compare it to depression, as Kolach said. Like, it's, it's much more similar to me. I mean, or maybe... A, a combination of depression and stress and that what burnout is <laughs> i don't know so i think stress is kind of like a short-term thing so like if you're stressed you're stressed for let's say a few couple of minutes or let's say an hour maximum and then you get back to your normal but with burnout you're constantly in that stage i would say that the stress is one of the reasons you can get into the burnout, but the stress is causing different sort of bodily functions than mm -hmm. burnout. Like stress is causing you 
to be pro really active, to be mm -hmm. quick, to act or to be in rush and, you know, like execute, execute, execute to fight flight or something like that. But burnout is that aftermath, I would say that you've had enough and you, your body can't cope with more stress or you can switch off. Like the cause of the stress is not there anymore. And that's when this burnout kicks in or can kick in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can say like stress is going uphill and with stress, you usually might have some um, physical symptoms like risk of a heart attack, for example, because of a high versus the burnout is more like going downhill, but not having physical symptoms, but more psychological symptoms such as risk of suicide. We will talk about depression because it's also one of the phases uh according to freudenberger uh, so we'll we'll talk about that part as well so also in regards of the stress like um i think Kolach said like we needed we need the stress to perform but we also need to learn to let go of the stress not keep ourselves in stress for a long period of time and the best to explain it so uh, let's say that the cup I'm currently holding weights 200 grams, let's say. So if I hold the cup for, let's say, five seconds and I let it go and I put it down on the table, nothing happened. But if I would hold the, the cup for two hours, then I would start feeling the heaviness in my hand and the pain would then continue across my arm, up to my shoulder maybe to my head, so I could start having headache and the pain continues. So imagine that the cup is the stress, right? So we really need to learn to use the stress for performance, but then let it go because if you will hold it, that's when it will cause problems, right? Health problems, mental problems, etc. What do you guys think are the risk factors for burnout? What do you mean by that? Uh, for example, are, are there some specific job roles, professions that can lead to it? Or is it connected to personality? Both and even more. <laughs> let's, let's be specific. Yeah, both and even more. <laughs> Whatever more it is. Uh, I would say that it, if I remember well, it was firstly diagnosed, di the first burnout definition was done on helping professions such as nurses. And that's actually what you can really well observe with uh, our hospitals right now, at least here in Slovakia. I'm not sure how the situation is mm -hmm. around the world, but we've had a lot of doctors who were burned out or nurses burned out. And uh, yeah, if, if there is a nurse which is not really happy with you, it's probably because they are somehow you know affected by this it's not that they are bad people it's just that well they have feel that feel that so if i remember well it's it's helping professions there will be a connection towards adversity quotient so how well you deal with any adversity resilience so how your personality is like there are certain professions that where it's like really heavy stress like you have to concentrate so so hard like surgeons for example or uh where you have the airports and those who are in that tower and leading you where the flights need to go etc but i would actually even say 
it can be really related to any kind of a job and it's very important to understand yourself and your capabilities because sometimes it can be that you think i have these capabilities to do this job and you might be good at it but actually your body is already showing you lots of signs that the stress is just too much and you are not able to cope with it and you need to do this self-reflection and then either change the job lower it or just literally go do something else uh, and by symptoms i when body is saying symptoms it can be headaches uh, loss of hair this sort of like a flakes on your skin like really the body is showing you the the stress effects let's say right so yeah. we need to be aware of that yes collage uh the thing why helping professions were targeted was that as you said there is a huge stress and the thing is that there was low amount of gratitude to these people mm. like you know you, you are nervous you need to take care of somebody uh, who is in bed 24-7 for like a two months. And when you take care of this person, you the, the person will just, you know, shout at you like how bad person you are because you're not helping them, everything hurts, and they need to deal with this emotional stress there, you know. Like, mm -hmm. So uh, that's how I remember that that's what was the leading threat uh, to discover the burnout or to define the burnout mm -hmm. as for the helping professions that there are people who do a lot of job for the others but they are not seeing the impact mm -hmm. or having the gratitude from the other person helping professions deal more with ptsd compared to burnout i know that lots of policemen army firefighters have more ptsd than than burnout so I'm now going to take you through the 12 phases by meaning I'm going to tell you what uh, they are, what are their names. But in the next episode is when we will go deep dive into each and every one of them. So it will be me reading right now. <laughs> listen, listen, listen carefully. So according to Freudenberger, number one is the compulsion to prove oneself. Number two, working harder. Number three, neglecting their own needs. Number four, displacement of conflicts and needs. Number five, revision of values. Number six, denial of problems. Number seven, withdrawal. Number eight, obvious behavioral changes. Number nine, depersonalization. Number 10, inner emptiness. Number 11, depression. And number 12, burnout syndrome. Stay tuned for the next episode where we will deep dive into each and every phase so you can better understand what it is, what are the feelings, what the person goes through. And in case you have questions, then uh, leave a comment. Don't forget to subscribe and like us. With that, I'm going to say Sugashasmida. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye bye. Ciao, 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 ciao. This podcast represents our own opinions, experience, and our own ideas. We do not represent any official statement from our employers, and this is not their official channel representing the company.